Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your first place Miami Dolphins Finstant Reaction Show. The Miami Dolphins win again, 7-3 on the season, beating the Cleveland Browns in Miami in a whiteout and in a blowout, 39-17. Wow. Uh, that combined with the Buffalo Bills somehow fumbling away, literally and figuratively, their lead against the Minnesota Vikings with what, about a minute left and losing in overtime means that the Miami Dolphins are in sole possession of first place after 10 weeks of play, ladies and gentlemen, going into the bye week, not only on a four-game win streak, not only on a big blowout victory against the Browns, but in first place in the AFC East, number two seed in the AFC altogether. Um, the hits just keep on coming, ladies and gentlemen, as... Uh, uh, as you can imagine, every Miami Dolphins fan right now is just ecstatic. Uh, given where they were in terms of the lowest of the lows after that Vikings game, uh, being three and three, you know, basically squandering that three game win streak to start the season to now be seven and three going into the bye week, coming out of the bye week against a very poor Houston Texans team. Um, it seems like the sky's the limit for this Miami Dolphins team. Uh, this game against the Browns in particular was probably the most complete victory of the season so far. Uh, the offense put up 39 points, and quite frankly, if it weren't for Jason Sanders, and if it weren't for a fourth down conversion that uh, did not happen, they probably put up closer to 50 points. Uh, they definitely go over 40 if Jason Sanders does just you know the minimal task of kicking extra points. Um, they did not punt in this game. They uh, They scored on every possession, I think, except for one, uh, which was the fourth down failure in the first half and uh, the kneel down in the second half. The defense stepped up and played amazingly well. Uh, 17 points on the season or on the game, um, seven in the first half, 10 in the second half. They really held Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb in check. Uh, Nick had that big run in the second half for 33 yards and a touchdown, uh, breaking a couple tackles. But outside of that run, <clears throat> I mean, the guy was averaging like three yards per carry. Uh, Jacoby Brissett had a good game running the ball, a decent game throwing the ball. But the Miami Dolphins played essentially a prevent defense. I mean, they went into a zone. Uh, they basically just weren't allowing anything big over the top after that first play of the game. And and they forced a turnover. They got they got after the quarterback. You know, you could see uh, the Nick Chubb effect, or I'm sorry, the Bradley Chubb effect. Excuse me. Uh, you could see Jalen Phillips. You could see Christian Wilkins. I mean, man, what a, what a game by him. Um, everyone on that defense. I mean, the much maligned linebackers core. Landon Roberts hit a pop on Nick Chubb early in this game that really set the tone that they were not here to mess around uh, on the defensive side of the ball. I think they were sick of getting you know slandered and libeled in the media. And they said, no, we're, we're here. We're going to hit. We're going to tackle. People are going to notice who we are. Uh, Jerome Baker, uh, some amazing stops, good plays uh, in, in the um, passing game as well. Uh, I thought he played outstanding in this game. Um, Cater Kahu continues to impress as an undrafted free agent starting cornerback now for the Miami Dolphins. It, just an all-around great performance. It's really hard to find really any holes uh, in this game. And speaking of holes, 
kudos to the offensive line because they created a bunch of holes for Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert. Um, I can get used to seeing these guys run the way they ran uh, in this game. It, it was fantastic. I think this is optimal Mike McDaniel offense. And what I mean by that is you had well over 100 yards rushing, a couple of rushing TDs, big gains. You're talking, you know, 15 yards, 18 yards, 20 yards, 30 yard gains. They were just ripping them consistently. It wasn't like they had one big run and everything else was two yards. Um, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert were both consistently getting down, pushing uh, for that first down marker. And and if you look at it, I mean, by their standards, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell had off games. Neither one had over 100 yards receiving. Um, yet Tua Tungavailoa at the end of the day has 284, 85 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks again. Um, he was distributing the ball all over the place. Trent Sherfield had a good game. Uh, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson out of the backfield had a good game. Alec Ingold, uh, somebody said on Twitter, I think Mike McDaniel has Alec Ingold on his fantasy team because he was targeted three or four times plus a touchdown. Uh, you know, Cedric Wilson was getting involved. They had design plays for Cedric Wilson. Uh, one of them didn't quite work out on that, uh, you know, wide receiver uh, throwing play. But nonetheless, the fact that the entire offense had to be accounted for and not just the two big playmakers and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill created absolute havoc for this Cleveland Browns defense. Um, they said it on the podcast or on the broadcast, and I'll say it here on the podcast. Uh, the Cleveland Browns obviously watched the tape. And they see how Tua Tungabailoa has been attacking the middle of the field most of this season. And they did a pretty good job of just basically pulling their resources to the middle and saying, you're not going to do this. And what did Tua do? He said, okay, fine. I'll just take what you give me. and I'll let my playmakers go make plays. So he checked down quite a bit to the wide receivers uh, on the outside. Um, I mean, he had some amazing throws to Jalen Waddell on third down. I'll talk about that here in just a little bit more. Trent Shurfield <clears throat> on the, on the uh, boundary. And of course, he's checking down to uh, Mike Kosicki a few times on the sidelines. And of course, the running backs had an amazing game, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield. So it's just an amazing extra wrinkle that this offense is now showing everybody on tape. So now if you're a defensive coordinator and you're going up against the Miami Dolphins, not only do you have that nightmare of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell all day, every day, but now you got to figure out, okay, well, I still have to concern, be concerned with the other people in this passing game. I mean, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson had a fantastic game, both running the ball and catching the ball. It was amazing to see. <clears throat> but what I thought was most interesting is even going back to, uh, to this game where I just said Jalen and Tyreek didn't have their greatest games. Tyreek Hill still had a touchdown. He's still blocking down the field and celebrating when Jeff Wilson Jr. is breaking off a run for a touchdown. And then on third down, I think there's at least three different times we're on third and long. Where did the ball go? It went to Jalen Waddell. Tua Tungavailoa knows where his bread is buttered, and it's in those two wide receivers. So in the most critical and crucial situations, he's still going to look for those guys first and foremost. And if they're even halfway open, he's giving them the ball. So at this point, it's really, really difficult to see this team not contending, not only for a playoff spot, but maybe for the AFC East because the Bills, they don't look great. They don't look great. They're very good. They're very stout, but they don't look great. They should not have lost that game to the Vikings yesterday, and they did. And that's because of some self-inflicted wounds. Uh, the Jets, the Jets are there. They're a real team, but I still think the Miami Dolphins are better than them, and I don't think the Patriots are going to contend long-term. So 
if you're the Miami Dolphins, if you're the Miami Dolphins fans, you have to be really excited about what you saw yesterday. Cleveland isn't the greatest team in the world, but they're a solid team. They've got playmakers on offense. They've got playmakers on defense. And that's the thing. Their playmakers on defense didn't make plays yesterday because of this offensive line and because of this game plan, because of the execution of this game plan. It was fantastic. I mean, it, like I said, in terms of offense and defense, probably the best game we've seen from this team all the way around. Um, I'd love, I love that they're going into the bye week seven and three on a four game win streak. Tua is playing out of his mind. Uh, not only are fans chanting MVP, but if you look around the league, all the pundits are now putting him in that conversation with the Patrick Mahomeses and the Josh Allenses and all these other people that have been there since the beginning. Tua has basically wedged his way in and said, no, I'm here too. Don't forget about me. Um, so you got to be happy. You got to be happy if you're a Miami Dolphins fan. I mean, this is right now best case scenario. I mean, Tua's not turning the ball over. Uh, he's throwing the ball down the field. He's completing passes. He's putting points on the board as your quarterback. It's it's fantastic. And at this point, everyone, keep, you know, I still see a lot of people on Twitter and, and social media, you know, calling out haters and calling out the doubters. I think the doubters are done, right? I mean, it, that narrative is dead. We can let go of that. If you're a Tua fan, just let go of that. At this point, what we're seeing is confirmation and affirmation of what we've thought for a long time. Um, so go ahead and let that go. You got to let it go like Elsa from Frozen. And you just have to remind everyone that, nope, we've known that this is the case. And he's proving it week in, week out, every single week. It's fantastic to see. Um, something else I want to point out about this game, and maybe this is just me, but to, in the past, in the past, this is the type of game that the Miami Dolphins would come in and lay an egg and only score 13 points. And what I mean by that is I have seen it time and time again where the Dolphins go on a little bit of a winning streak, call it three in a row, just like they were. And you start to see positive press. You start to see people talking about this could be the year. This could be the team. The coaching's great. The players are great. And then they go out against a middling team like the Cleveland Browns in this case, and they would lay a stinker, right? Where the, you know, they got 65 yards rushing and 150 yards passing and they lose 21 to 13 or something along those lines. They have been allergic to sustained success for quite some time. Now, this is different than what you saw in the Brian Flores years where they came out of the gate really, really bad and then would mop up towards the end of the year when either people were taking them, you know, not seriously, or they'd finally start to click or, you know, the defensive top side of the ball would turn the ball over and get a pick six or something like that. That is not this team. That is not this game yesterday. This game was significant to me because as weird as it sounds, I think any team can route, you know, basically put up three wins in a row at any given point. I, well, I mean, not the Raiders, but just about any other team can put up three wins in a row. It's really, really difficult to get to that fourth and that fifth and that sixth and to stay up and to stay motivated and to get the other teams looking at you and they're playing their best to kind of knock you off because you're the talk of the NFL town. And the Miami Dolphins did that. They stayed up. They played, again, their best ball all the way around in the 10th week of the season. So it's significant because I do think that in the past, this would be the type of game that the Miami Dolphins would lose or barely win and you don't feel great about it. You have to feel great about this if you're a citizen of perfect bill if not i don't know what you're watching because the run game was there the pass game was there the defense was there i mean let's talk about this pass rush by the way i i mentioned it on twitter after the chicago game that i think the defense played better than it actually came off on on tape i mean justin fields look what he did yesterday again 
Justin Fields is a freak athlete. Justin Fields is realizing that if he just takes off and run, it's going to be the best thing for the Chicago Bears. And that's what we ran into. But Jacoby Brissett, yeah, he played okay. But he had people in his lap the entire game. The entire game. Bradley Chubb had an amazing game. Christian Wilkins played out of his head. He was looking at the sidelines like, pay me now, motherfuckers. Pay me now. That was probably the best game I've seen from him all season long and maybe end of his career. I mean, he was just wreaking absolute havoc. Zach Sealer out there stopping drives, punching the ball out. Xavier Howard right there picking it up. Uh, you know, we lost Emmanuel Ogba. That's going to suck, losing Emmanuel Ogba. He hasn't had, you know, the season that you'd like from him and what we've come to expect from him, but losing him is a big blow. Uh, he's a veteran on this team. He knows how to win. People respect him. That's going to be tough. We're going to have to figure that out. But you look at Bradley Chubb. You look at Jalen Phillips, who had, I thought, a pretty good game, even though it didn't really show up on the stat sheet. Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Raquan Davis. I mean, this defensive line is good. You know, Melvin Ingram, let's not forget about him. I mean, talk about one of the sneakiest pickups right before the season started. You know, this guy comes in. He he looks like me, by the way. He doesn't look like he's in phenomenal shape. He doesn't wear any tape or any wristbands or gloves on his You know, he just doesn't look like the prototypical football player. He's like a lunch pail guy, but he gets after it. And he makes plays, and he's been making plays consistently throughout this season. What a joy it's been to have him on this team. Even though people thought maybe he was washed up, he's not the player that he once was. Yeah, all those things can be true. And he can also go out there and actually create plays for the Miami Dolphins defense. This defensive line's about to get a lot of recognition over the next few weeks. You look at the quarterbacks we're going to be playing, Davis Mills, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, Zach Wilson, these aren't Mac Jones, you know, these aren't people, Justin Herbert, another one. These aren't guys that are going to be elusive and running around and, and, and doing Justin Fields things to us. These are guys that are going to try to sit in the pocket and complete passes. And if these guys dial it in, they're about half a step up from having about eight sacks in a game. If they can get there just a teeny bit faster, this is going to be an issue for the rest of the league going forward. So I'm excited. I think the defensive line looks really, really good. The linebackers played much better. And again, I think that is a product of what I've said before, the defensive backfield playing much better and the line play much better. That makes your linebackers look better, right? Landon Roberts, good pop. Uh, uh, Jerome Baker, I, I thought played fantastic yesterday. They're able to free up. You don't have too much responsibility on their shoulders so they can play loose and they can get after it. And I, I think that's exactly what they did yesterday. Uh, Verone McKinley, you know, I said it on Twitter after his first call up that he probably wasn't going back to the practice squad. I was off by one. He's now on the roster. He's signed to the roster. He's not going back to the practice squad. Congratulations to Verone McKinley. I thought he played pretty well. You know, he's a, he's an undrafted rookie out of Oregon, has a lot of chemistry with Javon Holland. I think those two going forward are going to play quite well next to each other. Um, this offensive line, I think we've solved some issues. Obviously, Teron Armstead being healthier is going to be a good thing. Uh, it's always going to make you better. But Robert Hunt. Um, Connor Williams, I mean, you got three-fifths of this line just mauling people uh, at, at, the, at the point of attack. And, of course, Brandon Shell uh, at, at the right tackle, he's not going away. He's staying there. I mean, and then left guard, everybody's looking like they're in the right spot. They're cast into the right spot of this football movie. I don't know where Austin Jackson comes back. Maybe he's your sixth guy, you know, first off the bench, you know, goal line situations. Um he was looking promising during training camp, but he got injured, and I think he lost his job, unfortunately, for Austin Jackson. But uh, 
Wow, what a win. What a win for the Miami Dolphins. 7-3, 4-0 since Tua came back. Uh, Tua's got, what, three touchdowns in each of the last three games, um, averaging over 300 yards per contest in terms of throwing the ball. Uh, he's first in just about every statistical category you want to look at for a quarterback. Uh, his rating is off the charts. and things like 118 on the season. Uh, he's getting MVP consideration, 18 touchdowns versus three interceptions. Uh it's just, it, it's an insane, insane turnaround for this Miami Dolphins team. Um, yeah, we had a winning season the last two years, but it didn't feel like a winning season. It still felt like a, a a team that was rife with controversy, that had a lot of personality conflicts. You're not seeing that now. You're absolutely not seeing that now. You're seeing a team that's gelling, a team that's looking after one another. I mean, Jeff Wilson comes in two weeks ago and costs Chase Edmonds his job, unfortunately, um, but also takes carries away from Raheem Mostert. But you don't see Raheem Mostert pouting. You don't see Raheem Mostert even giving a little bit of shade to Jeff Wilson. What do you see? You see Raheem Mostert running out there, you know, slapping hands, headbutting his uh, his his former and now current teammate yet again. Uh, these guys are there for one another. I mean, look at Tyreek Hill blocking in the most weird way possible on that Jeff Wilson touchdown late in the game. And this is the team that's having fun. Uh, you, you look at uh, Trent Sherfield getting that touchdown. You look at Alec Ingold getting that touchdown and look at the celebrations from Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. You know, they're not looking at that going, oh, I wish that was me. I wish I had another stat, you know, another thing to put in my stat line. No, they're cheering. They're getting their teammates. They're, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing, amazing feeling to see team chemistry like this. And again, credit to Mike McDaniel. Credit to Chris Greer. I think you're going to see this team look even better coming out of the bye. Uh, we got a bye week and then we got the Houston Texans who hmm, might be the worst team in the league. Um, now, we shouldn't take them you know, lightly. Uh, traditionally speaking, the Houston Texans have had our number, but not recently. I think over the last three or four games, the Miami Dolphins have been pretty good against them. I expect that to continue. I don't think there's going to be a magical elixir to stop this Miami Dolphins team right now. Um, but yeah, seven to three, first place in the AFC East, second overall seed in the AFC. Uh, and I don't know that I would count this team out against any team. And that includes your undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. I'd love to see the Minnesota Vikings again with a healthy Tua. I'd love to see the Minnesota Vikings again with a healthy Teron Armstead. I'd love to see the Minnesota Vikings again with Jeff Wilson Jr. in this backfield. That would be a fun, fun February matchup if you catch my drift. So uh, that's it, man. Finstant reaction. Uh, Got to be happy. I'll be back later this week with Chris Cullen. We'll dive into it a little bit more. We'll take a look at Elite Tweet, Delete Tweet. Um, do everything that we do here on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. But uh, that's the news, man. 7-3, and 4-0 since Tua came back. First place. Smile, Dolphins. This is what we wanted. This is what we deserve. And we got it. So shout out to everybody involved with the Miami Dolphins organization right now. <clears throat> and with that, I don't have much else to say other than goodbye from Perfect Bill. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.